Hello. 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 Welcome to the Board Game Snobs Podcast. Critically harsh reviews with a touch of class. And go. You even have to ask me if I'm ready. For this? Born ready. Born for it. This is made for it. This thank you. That was Enrique. Hello. Hello. That was Gobby. Hello. This was awful. <laughs> why did why did we agree to this? So my favorite three stooges. Hey, I'm bald just like Curly. You are. Which is always bothering are me. Are you the Mo or the Cur- are you Larry? I'm Mo. You are Mo. Or um what's the other dude that came in to replace Shimp. Shimp. I didn't like Shimp. What? You know, it's his brother. Do you know my grandfather knew them personally? He worked in Hollywood. He actually worked on the uh, King Kong um, set. He was a stage. Your grandfather? Mm-hmm. Well, on my mother's side. And He re- lived in Hollywood? Huh? He was in Hollywood? At Redondo Beach. My father was born in Blythe, California. How'd y'all end up here in Antlers, Oklahoma? Dust Bowl. Because uh-huh. of Oklahoma, California thing. Huh. And uh, yeah, my. Uncle, I think, knew or may have had some sort of interaction. Uh, let's say interactions with Rock Hudson. <laughs> really? Yes. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. Either way, my favorite Three Stooges movie was Around the World in 80 Days. I watched that over and over and over. So it was like Around the World in 80 Days, <sighs> but instead of the. Uh, I can't remember what the butler's name would have been in the story, but the three stooges are the butlers, basically. And, like, they try to help the rich guy around the world in 80 days. There was a remake of this with Arnold Schwarzenegger a cameoing with uh, Jackie Chan and that British actor a few years back, who I can't remember now. Um, but anyways, great show with the around the world in 80 days with the three stooges. Cannot remember the name of it. What was it called? It wasn't Around the World in 80 Days. There's been so many iterations of that. It it's- may have been. It may have been just another iteration of it. But it was amazing because I like I didn't know the Three Stooges that much, but I just thought that was just the most hilarious show. Simply because, you know, Three Stooges was just good, clean fun. But I like the dichotomy between the two because Mo was uh, the- Go Around the World in, in a, a Days. Go Around the World in a Days. D-A-Z-E. Mm-hmm. There you go. Because Mo is always angry at everybody. Yeah. And he's kind of the de facto leader. Yeah. But everybody else, like. The, Completely incompetent. The yet. curly-headed guy. They were all very short. Did you know that? No. How short? Like. How short Five were they? foot tall. Like, oh, like, wow. Like, they were very short. Look that up. How short were the three stooges? <laughs> um, With each other. No. They were Rude. just short in stature. Oh. I like that I have Enrique here. Because he helps me when I look things up. Read the thing, Enrique. All right. Let's see. Hey, give me a moment. I can't even find something. Just Google. How tall are the three stooges? Hey, Siri, how tall were the three stooges? If Siri beats you, Siri's not even working. Why so serious? It's not even working. Why are you all on your cell phones? In his later years. Well, no. Nothing. I got nothing. Right. I got some you, Reddit you read that thread. Because I, I feel like I'm reading that. Are you yeah, ready? I got some Reddit thread. Are you ready? The, as For the this. leader, he was the shortest at five foot three. Of the six men who became members of the Three Stooges, Larry, 
Joe. That's a good place to ride your bike. Joe Rita or Curly Joe all were five foot four. I could not stand Curly Joe. He was the least funny to me. Least funny. Shrimp. Shimp. Was Shrimp. He was he, very small. Five seven. He was the oh, t- that's strangely enough one. the tallest. <laughs> Interestingly, wow. So they were all known for being. Well, I mean, uh, in in those days, people were smaller in general, right? I mean, look at all the houses from the 1900s, and they're made for little people. They're not made for the giants that we produce today, like me. I think and it, people bigger than me, six four, three hundred pounds. They were malnourished. You Possibly. are not malnourished. Possibly, yes. I think that the vitamins, small door frames, door frames. Yeah, we, <laughs> door frames. <laughs> like, I, oh, I thought you said that. I thought you were like, what? That's not. That's not the preferred. Pro- that's not how they like to be called. <laughs> small door, door frames. frames. <laughs> uh, how dare you? <laughs> wooden floors. <laughs> Wooden floors. I love hardwood floors. So every time you crock on them. I love hardwood floors. I don't. They make entirely too much noise. Anytime you go walking across it. They do not. They do not. Every time you get up to use the bathroom, the whole house hears you and they're trying to go to sleep. Send us an email at boardgamesnobs.gmail.com if you have hardwood floors. I'll even take engineered hardwood floors, $15 per square inch. I grew up in a house that was built in the early 1900s. Per square foot. And it had wood floors, pier and beam, and every time somebody made a move, boom, 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 boom. you don't, you don't, that's that, you don't know nothing. You can hear the floor you squeaking and the thud of the footfalls. Enrique, would you like some Maker's Mark? I'll try some. Give me your glass. Uh, anyway, Just give me like a very small... Who was your favorite of that era of people? I mean, and and really, that's, I mean, the Stooges were like 30s. I don't know where Bud and Costello, the Lou and good Lord. Costello? Lou and and Costello? Costello? You've thrown Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. Abbott and Costello. Abbott and Costello. That's what it was. Thank you. Uh, Laurel and Hardy. I loved, not a comedian though, but because my father was a military man, I was forced to watch a lot of, of, um, Gene Autry, who was a war hero, the most decorated military veteran of all times. And his life story is absolutely... I'm sorry. I'm Audrey, say, Audie not- Murphy. Audie Murphy. Murphy. I like, said Gene Autry. Because Audie Murphy's from Greenville, Texas, just down the road. Hence, I'm sorry. Gene Autry was the guy <laughs> Gene Autry's the, the guy who rode around with Gabby Hayes and Roy Rogers. I get them mixed up. because He we, was pre-Roy Rogers. Will Rogers World Airport. There the worst name of any airport. Because I can't hardly pronounce it because I have to say it three times fast <laughs> here in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, which mm. is another town of weird, complete mm-hmm. redundancy. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, Will Rogers World Airport. But Audie Murphy. Will Rogers. Audie Murphy, yes. Audie, Audie Murphy. Murphy. Most decorated soldier of all times. World War II guy. Yeah. Awesome. But awesome. he was like 40s, 50s, like. Okay. War movies and World stuff. World War II was after 45. So, yes, you're correct. Well, I'm talking about, I was talking about like 30s, 20s, and 30s. Like Charlie Chapman. Comedic. Chapman? Chaplin? When I say Chapman? You said Charles, Charlie, Charles Chapman. Charles Chapman. I liked his. Uh, I know mustache. a guy named Steve Chapman. I know Steve. I like Steve. He's a painter. Yeah, he is. He fell off a. Did you know Steve fell off a ladder here recently? I did not know what? that. He hurt himself he did? a couple months back. Is he okay? He is okay, but he hurt himself. Ooh. I should have told you that. I didn't no. know you knew Steve. 
I grew up with Steve. I didn't know you knew that. Yes. Steve is my man. I like how Steve we're talking cool. about this random dude. That no I like one. Steve. Yeah, okay. If you don't know Steve, <laughs> Steve is up Steve. to Steve's awesome. Okay. The only person I like more than Steve is his wife. His but, wife uh, is interesting. Let's name all of these people that we personally know that no one else will know. Oh, Carry on, cool. please. I didn't know you knew Steve. I grew up in Idabel. Dox yourself. Yes. His uh I, I, everybody knows I'm from this area. We're from Northeast Texas, Southeast Oklahoma. Don't dox me. <laughs> You're from Tishomingo. Oklahoma. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. You, you knew are. the Lion King. <laughs> I did, actually. It was tiger the Tiger King. King. Thank you. They yeah. opened up a tiger reservation, which I have reservations about, in Hugo, Oklahoma. A tiger reservoir. Yes. A pool full of tigers. <laughs> yes, it is. It literally is a pool full of encaged, enraged, and engorged tigers. Did they tigers. not discover that she did not kill her husband? We don't know that. I thought they just found it out. We don't know that. <laughs> I think she did. Poor tiger. I think she was innocent. Who says? Falsely accused. Who says? By the Tiger King. Who says? I thought I heard that. You heard that. We don't spread the grapevine. We are not fake news. Okay. Don't spread that. Ain't. Slander. Anyway, so of all those, I have to choose. Carol Baskins. That was her name. I liked all of them. They all came on early in the morning, Saturday. That's a cheap out. Uh, if I had to choose one, let's just say Three Stooges, Laurel and Hardy, Abbott and Costello, I'd have to go. Abbott and Costello were like the like upper tier, like. They were more like more. You forgot my favorite. I'm sorry. I know you asked me this question. I completely forgot. Laurel and Hardy. I loved Laurel and Hardy. I said those, right? Uh, I said them. I didn't hear you say I'm sorry. I said them. Laurel, Laurel Hardy. and Hardy was my favorite because I liked the whole tall, goofy guy. Tall, skinny. Enraging the short, fat guy. Yeah. Um. Oh, my goodness. I don't know. Abbott and Costello kind of wore on my nerves. I Abbott, didn't like Bud them. Abbott got on my nerves. I did not like them. Uh, Laurel and Hardy were endearing. They Three were. Stooges were just complete stupidity. That was the Big Bang Theory of the of the thirties. <laughs> Which one? The, Three, the Three Stooges? Stooges. Yeah, they're they're not like Laurel and Hardy. Like, could evoke emotion from you because you felt something for them yeah. because they were endearing. Three Stooges were just yeah, they were just funny, just slapping each other, being stupid. Yeah. Abbott, Bud Abbott got on my nerves. Like, if I was Lou Costello, no, wait, which one was the skinny, the, the straight man? I forget. I think Bud Abbott was the, okay, anyway, the straight man, I would have really gotten upset with, I think it was, hey, Abbott! Okay, so Bud Abbott was the skinny straight man. Lou Costello was, you know, his, the dumpy funny man. He got on my nerves because he just griped too much because he would say, hey, Abbott! I'm glad you brought this up because I completely forgot I watched this movie. It is well worth watching. 2018, hour and a half only. The Laurel Hardy movie. Did you watch that? Yes. Very okay. good. You watched this? Yes. I love Laurel I Hardy. Really? It was called Stan and Ollie. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm trying to make sure that I didn't just dream this up. But was not J- that John C. Riley? John C. Riley no. and the other guy who I never can remember his name. It is Steve Coonan. Coogan. Okay. Yeah. 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 That, that was. That's the movie. Because that was like after there's like post success and they kind of broke up, but then ultimately they got back together. Yeah. And it kind of had a nice ending. Really liked that show. It was a good show. It was, as they say in the movie business, heartwarming, mm-hmm. which is a phrase I hate. Because what does it mean to be heartwarming? 
Because like that's like indigestion. Heartwarming makes me think that it's something that obviously we assume that that phrase means that you're. It oh, warms my heart. Like heart being feel, your emotions, your so feels. You're warmed by the fact that something it makes good me feel happened. Good. You yeah. something good happened. Yeah. What if I said that Jack not getting on that door and dying at the end of Titanic was heartwarming? Because here's the thing. Rose Lee led a great life mm-hmm. afterwards. If Jack had survived and she had hooked up with him, he had no job opportunities. Oh, yeah. He was uneducated. He was poor. She would have dragged him down. The, it, w- it was a fling. But the she thing was, well, it would have been awful for her. She'd have been s- raising probably uh, half a dozen kids in a state of poverty. You're, instead, she lived a life of ease with some nice guy. Keep breathing through your nose, Enrique, so that we can hear it on the microphone, please. Sorry. I'm not calling you out. I like that noise. I find it comforting. <laughs> I find it heartwarming. heartwarming. You didn't hear it first when we did did this last time. I understand, but I don't know. You just, you know, I think I, you're I, just something. Like, no, no, because I think I'm I'm way too close. But to you it now. no, you I breathe think, hard. You breathe hard, and you do hard. that. Breathe hard. Do I come into a theater near you? I I, I walk I, hard. I don't hear it. Live hard. Breathe hard. <laughs> you guys got to tell me when I'm breathing really hard. I just did. Uh, pretty much all the time. List just like, did. Pretty much all the time. I think that your nasal cavities might be constricted. Do you do you have do you have a hard time sleeping at night? Like, do you wake up feeling refreshed? No. Have you ever tried mouth tape? It's uh, a tape that they cover up your mouth so that you breathe. You think so breathing through his it. nose is not an issue. Clearly, well, that's what I'm wondering. But it sounds like it might be become a mouth breather. No, 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 no. You don't want to be a mouth. <laughs> no, no, breather. no, because because no, it no. changes your face just like that. You'll start yeah. looking like that. that. Like, why do you think I you have end up a look, somewhat look, decent face? You end up looking you like Eli an, Manning. You have an amazing face for somebody who is like very, very, very Pedro-like. You're very Pedro-like, Pascal. And for somebody who, it's a shame that you have that face. It's going you, to waste on you. It is. It's going <laughs> they, to waste. Like, I don't think I look that good. Listen, if I had your face. Most people would agree. If I had your face, I would rule the world. <laughs> <laughs> there would be people, especially Pedro. That's the best thing you They'd could do. They'd be calling you Zaddy. It'd, oh, yes. my God. I don't know what that means. It mean, it's a... It's another version of daddy. That's what all the kids say. Zaddy? Yeah, zaddy. Like Zatarans, the like, rice? I don't know, like but I, I just know it's another version zaddy? of daddy. It's like like Zatarans, the we, rice? No, nothing to do with Zatarans. The San Francisco Rice is not involved treat. in this scenario. Ding, ding. I'm as white as rice. You um, are. What was I saying? Uh, about my face. No, before that. Nose breathing? Uh, nose, nose breathing before that. Laurel and Hardy? I can't remember. It doesn't matter. The point being... Is that I have forgotten what we were talking about? <laughs> you have no banter. Yeah, we got we got we got sidetracked by nose breathing. By nose breathing. Your nose breathing was very strong. I'm sorry, but I recently tried that mouth. The nose tape breathing is strong with this one to sleep through the night, like the tape up your mouth so you breathe solely through your nose, and it does because you have nares, not nares, the chemical that removes hair. Like, a lot of people use nares to remove hair. Dude, but, I don't even know they do anymore. That's kind of like old school, isn't it? Well, I'm from the 90s. But nares, like in these little things up in your nose that cool the air. 
And when you breathe through your mouth, you're you're just breathing in that air. You're not you're not actually going up through your nose. Your nose here is like a condenser for your nose. Filter collecting particles and things of that nature. So you should breathe through your nose at night. Yeah. Because it will malform your maxillary mandible. Hmm. Which is why God becomes- You know what's weird? Why is breathing through your nose so good for you? There's something it triggers. Uh there's reflexes, I'm sure, of some sort. But breathing through your nose out through like your mouth. Like when you do the when you use deep breaths through your nose, I was reading, I was watching on YouTube. In through your nose, out through your mouth. Purse your lips. And because it like lowers your blood pressure and all this stuff. Well, pursing your lips and breathing out, I think opens up the um, the sacs in your lungs. It like helps clear things out, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not a respiratory therapist, although I am and, a healthcare hero. I, I feel when people kind of like breathe, like. Breathe now leaning towards the microphone would help. And turn his mic on, please. It's sorry. on. He just oh. was four foot away from yeah, it. Yeah, sorry. But when you're breathing out of your mouth, you're I only help the guy so much. I feel like you're also just taking air in, like they bulge out their stomach. And for some reason, that I, I read something it's about your diaphragm. That. Yeah, that, diaphragm. This is a muscle that up and down helps with your your. It's breathing. also what triggers like, hiccups. You're not supposed to be like. If you Your do, diaphragm starts convulsing, there's hiccups, if right? If you do like several minutes of deep breathing each day, like three or four times a day, like the health <coughs> benefits of that's supposed to be amazing. Plus, being able to hold your breath. How long can you hold your breath? We've determined last episode, if this no, comes I out can't afterwards. very long because I haven't practiced. That I can do a uh, plank for one that. minute. Yes, we know. How long can you hold your breath? Jerry has this podcast to just produce how much bad, good he is. Man. Okay, oxygenate yourselves. Get ready because we're going to all hold our breath and see how long. I can't hold my breath that long. We're going to see. We're going to find out. Okay, but what's with the hyperventilate thing? You're supposed to go. I don't know what. Because, that. Uh, that, that, apparently, that's like a. Sub- okay, no, stop. Get ready, Thomas, because I'm ready. I'm ready. Set. Go. I feel like you started way after I started out my breath. Okay, I'm done. This is great for a podcast. Oh, now it's just Jerry and Enrique. Enrique looks completely at peace with himself. Jerry's cheeks are full with air, and he's expelling briefly. I feel like maybe that's a that's a thing he's doing, because he has complete control. It's like a diver's trick, I'm guessing, or a fireman's trick. He's got some reason to do it. Enrique... Might be bringing out his butthole right now. I can't tell. It's called anal breathing. <laughs> anal intubation. Enrique looks very peaceful. But I feel like I'm just, I'm assuming Jerry the firefighter diver man is going to hold his breath longer than Enrique, who plays video games all day. Because being able to hold your breath is kind of a sign of your fitness level, right? Or is that completely unrelated? Could be completely unrelated. Oh, Jerry, Enrique's going to let me know later. He held up his finger. Jerry's, okay, Jerry's out. Two minutes. Two. I think Enrique is breathing through his. Good lord, am I? Okay, Enrique. All right, we're about two five and this two ten. Going to be great podcast. Okay, well, listen, right listen. First off, <laughs> you did fifty five seconds. Okay, that's respectable. I'm lightheaded. Two minutes. That's solid. pretty good. And well, Tom Cruise held his breath for seven minutes in Mission Impossible. Let me tell five. you, what, every time you say Mission Impossible, <laughs> that makes me think of Rebecca Ferguson. Okay, yes, and I just love Rebecca Ferguson. How, how many minutes? Two how many minutes. Two ten minutes. Ten seconds. Okay, that's good. 
I wouldn't have thought that of you. I'm impressed. I, you know, some of those free divers can hold their breath for like 12 why minutes. Why don't they pay them? <laughs> because, Amateur divers. Oh, yes. Because I, I, how I do it, I, I read something about it where you just kind of, you know, you've taken a lot of a lot of air in when you feel your back expanding. Well, there's a thing. Okay, so like I was this? going to say. Okay, so clearly, Baby I don't got think back. I was going to say I don't. I was thinking that obviously there's some correlation to fitness level being able to hold your breath, your cardio. What is that? Something yeah, with your lungs. So I fully expected Jerry to be able to hold his breath the longest because I thought he was the most in shape. You made me laugh. Jim, Enrique was just like supremely peaceful with like just holding his breath. I made the mistake of filling my lungs and trying to hold it in. Yeah. Like, you don't do that. Yeah. So, but yeah, I I've, I remember they talk about you hyperventilate, you go, <laughs> and then you kind of like expel a little bit, then you hold your breath. But I, yeah, I was, I, my wife was, there's a documentary about these free divers. My wife. And it's fascinating. Like, I haven't watched it, but just hearing her talk about it is fascinating. The pearl divers. These guys go down way beyond what you should be able to do as a normal human being. But they're not. They're on a rope, and they will free dive, and they just follow this rope down. They say the majority of divers that do this, because lots of them die. It's one of those stupid things. They die within the last 10 feet of the surface. Yeah. They're, like, so close, but just whatever. But what's weird is... Like that last feet, there's always like these support divers. I'm like, I don't, it's weird. It's weird. Did I ever tell you? Now, I know I've told you about my diving accident. No. Oh, you probably have. Have I told on the podcast? Uh, I can't remember. We've done 270 of these. I can't keep track. We're almost to 300. We need to do something special. But when I was training for rescue diving, took it out to Terrell, Texas, at this place where we were diving in a, a at like a pond or a lake or something like that, down on a platform that was about 30 feet under the water. They have you take your goggles off, take your mask off, and do stuff like that to where you can recover if something happens, if you lose your gear. And like you take your mouthpiece out, your respirator, and then you sweep behind you and get it and put it back in and are able to purge the water out of it and breathe. I accidentally, using a borrowed respirator because mine had broken, purged water down my throat because the button that gives you a burst of air is on the front part of it instead of on the side like my previous one stuck in my mouth slapped it by accident shot water down my throat i started coughing you can't cough underwater (laughs) and so i could cough but i couldn't catch my breath oh my god and so they are we're like in three foot visibility so like you can't see somebody three feet away so the person that's like the instructor is there watching and when he saw me give the signal like i've got to go up like i've got to go up it's just 30 feet 30 feet is nothing when you're underwater. I mean, you can get, you can traverse that quickly. And I remember by the time I was able to like grab onto the rip cord that like lets your weights out to make it easier, he'd already drug me up 30 feet. Good like grief. we surfaced. And as soon as we hit the top, I like went, you know, you know, coughed and started breathing. And he was already like, are you okay? I'm like, no, I just need to, I shot water down my throat. It's all I needed. But it was one of those things of right after that, we had to do a dive, I think it was like 100 feet, which is deep. Yeah. Like 110, oh boy. And that's what I'm saying. And that's with gear. And these free divers do that with no gear. That's insane. insane. The pressure that hit me at like 80 feet 
like it felt like I was just unable to hold my breath. And I started panicking just a little bit as we were going down into this because we went 60 feet down. And then in the last 30 feet was actually into a grain silo that had been submerged. <laughs> and that that the problem is that halfway down when you cross like the thermal little layer, uh-huh. like you see change of the water. It's cold all of a sudden. And now I'm just feeling like I was getting real alien vibes. Like, uh, like yeah. I'm sitting here like, the this abyss. is, this is, this is the abyss. This is like, I'm panicking just I'm a little bit. To see something. And that's what gets you is when you start thinking about things and you're relating it because you're in a panic of going, this is like backdraft or something horrible. And then you start panicking. Did you see any fish down there? Yes. Perch. Mm. They were sitting there perching at you. So they look on the corner. On the corner. Anyways, enough about me. Let's talk about you. You haven't had anything interesting going on here lately. Me? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Any new drama? Oh, wait. Turn turn his nasal breathing on. Yeah, I'm breathing trying, engaged. I'm trying to keep it at a low. Hopefully. That's okay. We're not shaming you. Yeah. You, we would never shame you. We did briefly. Just like. Do you have banter? A woman who was admitted to the hospital with mystery symptoms, including forgetfulness. We have banter. Had a live, wriggling worm plucked from her brain. Brain. I've already read this. The 64-year-old woman from New South Wales, Australia. Brain worms. Had been admitted to the local hospital in late January 2021 after a few weeks of abdominal pain and diarrhea. So it worked its way up. No. The... (laughs) That's my not how that works. The woman had respiratory symptoms and medical scans revealed abnormalities in her lungs and liver. Her condition only worsened. 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 Oh, John Connery. My condition. Extending full forgetfulness and depression. Not everything reacts whilst the bullets. Worms. It had to be worms. An MRI scan revealed what doctors initially thought was a tumor. A fatty tumor. But when the woman underwent a biopsy in June 2022, the doctors were stunned. She had a parasite. Is it, was it a pyron? There it was. On the right frontal lobe of the patient's brain. Not cancer, but a live parasitic worm about three inches long. How'd she get this worm? They don't know. Infectious disease, Sanjaya... I'm not going to say the last name. Uh, she was working the war when she got the call. He did not expect. Yeah, it was called an Alpha Discaris Robertsi. Roberto. It's a roundworm, usually found in pythons. He says it's not meant to develop in her. It's meant to develop in small mammals and marsupials. So she was an accidental host. The worm made a mistake, okay? Sorry. Can you not make a mistake as a worm? Well, Chris. He's like, I'm sorry, guys. I made a mistake. Oh! Well, pardon me, Mr. Perfect! I guess I forgot that you never ever make a mistake! When it, when it comes to survival, yes. Now, Crutzfield-Jacobson is the disease that where people's brain turns to Swiss cheese because of Ooh. pyrons found in the synovial joints of, like, deer and other type of mammals. He's making up words, Enrique. No, no, no. Those aren't real More words. or less. What do you mean? Pyrons. Py- That's like what the Scientologists <laughs> check you for. My theons were really high. 
There he goes with the they Theon. They compared again. me to that's Theon. That's the worm Lovejoy. that was in her brain. That's Can not, you imagine? That's not the worm. <laughs> that's, that's it. That's not it. It was three inches that's long. That's not it. That's a CGI. So here's what it is. It started off as an earworm. She was really liking this jam. She's like, oh, yeah. That worked her way in her Wrath of Khan. Those things that they check off. <laughs> it got went in through the ear. She heard some sweet beats. She's like, this is awesome. And it worked away in her brain. Diarrhea. That's what happened when you, <laughs> I used to listen to Mumford and Sons. <laughs> same thing. And it's it Ooh, I used to love me some Mumford and Sons. It only affects Caucasian males I age 40 love to 50. Some Mumford and Sons, R.I.P. the band. Speaking of people we didn't an R.I.P. I hate to inform you this. I don't think you know because I that you'll you will know by the time this airs because you've looked it up. I know. Smash mouth. Smash mouth. Oh, oh, Smosh? the band. The singer. He died. He's dead. Fifty-six years old of liver failure, on hospice. He died. Did he overdrink? I don't know. Just liver failure. I don't know. I'm assuming something of that nature. He was never. You know, hey now, you're a rock star. Get your I game on. I know who that Smash guy. Mouth okay, is. Sure I've knew. seen Shrek. Everyone knows I'll, Smash I just, Mouth. I didn't. I thought you were going to. This is going to be a month after this has happened. I thought you were going to go the Bob Barker route. No, Bob Barker died. 99 years old. That's what old people do. Just short of a dollar. <laughs> just short of a dollar. <laughs> Without going over. Good for him. But no, no. Smash Mouth, the singer. Harwell, I think his name was. That's, Can't remember. that's unfortunate. He died. 56 years old. I had seen That's a like concert. Your age. I had seen a concert recently. You're going to and, die soon. And he like was not a happy person. Well, listen, when you one hit wonder and then you have to do They were how dare you? Smash Mouth was not a one hit wonder. Okay, name something else besides the one hit have you seen Shrek? They play like three of their songs. They were all remakes. <laughs> that, no, that, I'm not discussing that. They're I'm remakes. talking about, but they were hits. They're remakes. Uh, they, they were hits. They had Walking on the Sun, which was mildly entertaining, and then they broke out with All Star, which um, when I say broke out. And then out, the remake was the I'm a Believer. Yes, that's it. That's it. The Shrek. They had, they had four big hits. Please. That is not one. I'm they just like, I'm like, I don't know if you're familiar with math. Four is not one. Remakes don't count. The, the, the all-star Walking on the Sun was two. You're walking already on the wrong. Sun, walking on the Sun was not even a hit. You're all, oh my God, you're ignorant. Nobody remembers Walking on the Sun. You're all, Nobody plays you, Walking on the Sun. Are you kidding you me? You didn't know Walking on the Sun. I know. You I didn't grew know up it. Walking on the Sun. You didn't know that. I, I did. You so couldn't tan. name it. That's why I name love another Eclipse. One. Name another one. I've, we've named and four, you've named, and I've said that's enough. No. They're not a one-hit wonder. They are. Please, my God. <laughs> I just, he's dead. Leave him, leave him be. Leave you're him the one be. that called him a one-hit wonder, and I'm defending him. You're defending him, but you're wrong. All-star, I'm a believer, walking on the sun, can't get enough of you, baby, never heard of. Name then his name. What's comes. his name? Steve Harwell. You didn't even know the guy's name. No, I did not know his name. I know the band Smash Mouth. I don't know all the individual players. Please. You didn't even remember Then the Morning Comes? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. I'm just going to say. I'm a bigger I'm Smash sorry. Mouth listener I'm than sorry. you are. I forgot about Then the Morning Comes. I was unaware of that song. Because I listened to Smash Mouth and then the greatest of one-hit wonders, the man... 
the legend. Lou Bega. Lou Bega. Mambo number five. Yes. I liked every one of his songs. No one remembers the other four. No. He had his 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 album was lit. They were I'm all unfamiliar. technically it, it's only three. It's I'm only unfamiliar. Three. It's not Wait, four. What? The three are Walking on the Sun, All Shore, and then then the morning comes. And then the cover of the monkeys, I'm a believer. But you know how many people have remade a song, covered yeah, but- it? Uh, excuse me, hold on. If we're talking Whitney about Houston, original songs. Whitney Houston sang uh, I Will Always Love You or whatever that was called. Uh, I'm blanking right now because but I'm we're doing talking a podcast. About original yeah, songs. I'll always love you. No, we're not talking about original songs. We're talking about people that it does not matter who wrote the song. People re- recreate the songs all the time. Half the artists that sing songs didn't even write them, except Taylor Swift. You're really, really trying to. I know. I'm telling you facts. I'm just... You're acting like it has to be an original. It, it does not. It does. You're stupid if, it was a if you're hit showing in right the past, now. Then it's going to be probably a hit. Today. No, no. People have taken songs. Nothing compares to you. Not an original. R.I.P. Shenandoah O'Connor. We didn't do that one either. Listen, <laughs> R.I.P.s. Listen. Uh, Prince sang that. Wrote it. Sang it. His version. Not a hit. Sinead O'Connor made it a hit. Okay. Sorry. Can I? You need I to calm really down. I'm not being He's phlegmatic violent. right now. But Enrique is speaking out of ignorance, and that angers me when he speaks out of ignorance, literally not knowing what I was talking about. Because people re-sing songs all the time, cover them, as they're called. And they're massive successes. And half the time, people didn't even know. I didn't know somebody else even sang that song. But yes, yeah, some little podunk band sang it originally, but this person steals it. Or is given it legitly by the writer, and they make it a big hit. And I will that always, makes it their song. And I will always love you, Dolly Parton. Exactly. Whitney Houston made that a song. I had no idea Dolly Parton sang that song until Whitney Houston sang honest, it. To be honest, I love Dolly Parton's. Like it's it. good. It's good as Great. well. But, but Whitney, I did not know nobody about it. Hit Whitney. Right. Whitney. So, I like how he's getting on your May, good side when he's when no, you're no, like No, no, because he knows I'm correct me. in this one. There is some correctness. Come and I just want to raise awareness because I'm about raising awareness <laughs> about a little bit of Mambo, which was Lou Bega's Lou Bega. album, 1999, and some of the songs that I recall, which I uh, would like to encourage people to listen to. Uh, he had such titles as Mambo Mambo. <laughs> <laughs> he also, that song. He was yes. real- Yes. Really? Yes, he also had a song that is not spelled out. It is literally one plus one equals two. Hmm. Okay? Not a bad song. There was also another song called Ice Cream, One Word. Very interesting that he chose to make that one word. Um, I Got a Girl, which, if I recall, was one of my favorites. Thank you. Uh, the Most Expensive Girl in the World. Rather misogynistic because it's talking about... His girl and her spending a lot of money. I don't think that that stereotype's beneficial. I think men will spend just as much money as women. But, you know, it is talking about having a relationship that is based mainly on material needs. And so, thus, I think that that can speak to various generations. Hmm. Tricky, tricky, which, despite the end of windows, was quite a good song. End <laughs> of window. There is also another one The Trumpet Part Two. I've never found the trumpet part one. Doesn't exist. Okay. 
and can I Tico Tico you? I don't know what that means, but I am intrigued by you it. You may not want to know. So, a little bit of Mambo. I've, I, I, uh, you know, so, so while just to answer some of the questions that I know you're about to ask regarding Mr. Lou Bega, his net worth, according to the internet right now, it's not gonna be much. It's like a million dollars, which I cannot believe uh, that's more than correct. I got. That is not more correct. Than I got. But that's net worth. That's not how much money you have. It's not what has got in the bank. That can't be right. That that cannot be oh, right. Is no. Lou Bega still singing? No, my bad. He continues to make music as of this day. Is there a Mambo number six? Mm, I doubt it. There apparently is. That can't be right. No, it's uh, Mambo number six. Is Hey, if they've passed away, can they still get you for copyright? Is He's not dead. No, I'm talking about Smash Mouth. Yes, they can. They can get you for copyright. But it's called okay. their estate. Well, I'll blank, I'll blank this out. Are I you just, a word? I just got to hear. I got to see what the then the morning comes even is. Oh, a video. The videos had like a. I heard this. I've heard this. It's a great song. We can do commentary on it and it will count. Okay. He's riding a bicycle. Only for 30 seconds, though, we can. He's driving through a park. So there's a variety of scenes. You know the words. <laughs> wow. You are the few, the proud. You are the antibody. Mind, soul, and sand. Okay. I, I've... And the world Enrique, I'm sorry you can't hear this. Uh, don't worry about it. Okay. I got to do a slow fade out. Okay. So I was unaware. I was unaware. I'm sorry. I didn't. I've heard that song. The way that you walk. I'm really surprised Jerry knows Just almost the all the words. Just like Okay. Well, smart. RIP Smash Mouth. Okay. Now you're just reading. I am oh, not. Show me your phone. Oh, yeah. You cleared it up. <laughs> I was looking up. No. Oh, R.I.P. Smash Mouth. That's sad. R.I.P. Would you like some more Maker's Mark? A sma- uh, a century 25th Games. He died of liver failure. Um, <laughs> <It's a lesson. laughs> not, um, not that they've gone out of business, but that their streak of producing. Okay. So here's the thing. 25th century games. Love Chad. I love Chad. And he sends us these games and he's like, hey guys. Are you hating on Blazon? Blazon sucked. Okay, listen. Now, that's back, not Chad's fault. That's not Chad's fault. He produced it. He published it. They're not. Uh, yeah, he distributed it. This game is terrible. Listen, it's not. It's yes. Terrible. We literally set it up, watched the rules. Played one round, we're like, this is, we're done. Now, now you played one rule. Me and Enrique have played this at a previous convention. And we deemed it terrible. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you wanted to play it. Boy. We tried to get, you tried to give it another chance to introduce it to me, to get my opinion. One round in, you couldn't even finish. I'm like, yeah, I agree. This okay. is really boring. But, but. Because you're supposed to be into heraldry, where you, like, design shields. There's no thing. Sharon? Sharon Shields? No, that's not Sharon. Who's Heraldry? The sh- who's the shield? Brooke? Brooke. Oh, my God. Brooke Shields. Come on. I was thinking of Sharon Stone. Speaking of people that like to become scientists with Theons. I'm always thinking of Sharon Stone. And, okay, just so we know, we know a Scientologist. What? 
<laughs> what? <laughs> what? What? What I miss here? What? Wait. He's done the Wait, Enrique. Yeah. Enrique. Yeah. If you have enough theons, what do you become? A scientist? Theon Farron. <laughs> what? What's I don't that, even know that we're saying the right that term. Lady, is that what's the most of that? If you have enough Theon Vons, Theo Vaughn, <laughs> do you become a scientist? Charlize Theon. Do you know? Yeah, I do not know. Okay, I'm he doesn't sorry. have enough. But you yeah. seem shocked when I said Scientologist. You're like, what? What? What is that word? Yeah, like, I'm- <laughs> that's where you make. That's where you get like Albert and Neil deGrasse, and you just like mix them all together. You're a Scientologist. Oh, pour them medi- into a pour them into a drink. Your metachlorian count ain't that. <laughs> You got to get your metachlorine. Now, oh. Ahsoka's gotten that back on track with saying everybody has the force. Have you know. been watching Ahsoka? I've not. I haven't done it I'm yet. I'm three episodes when, in. With me you, saying Ahsoka got that back on track by saying everybody has the force. I was looking I'm sure at him. you were naming that. Too. Okay. I was looking at him. Yeah. I haven't watched it yet. Is okay. it good? I'm enjoying it. Okay. Uh, I think you enjoy it perhaps as a fan of Clone Wars. I enjoy it as a fan of Clone Wars. Because I don't I have think that context. Clones are people. In, <laughs> clones are people too. Clones. I support clones. Um, I'm finding the acting very dull. It's. Oh, I wish for. I, I would. Oh, I, I called it when when they were doing. Uh, what's the other one? Andor. Yeah. yeah. I, I was super excited about Andor. Andor just wrecked it for me because andor is the pinnacle now that yes. mandalorian has kind of fallen off and i say mandalorian just had a bad season i think season four would be great season four would be the last season i think mandalorian will pull it out and if boba fett has already said they're going to do a second season oh if they my can, god seriously they're going to regroup they're going to regroup get well Ro- maybe the writer's track will throw them off they're going to get rodriguez out of there and get that figured out okay oh but god. but andor is what we need we need more Andor. Well, I think Ahsoka is leaning toward more towards that line of Star Wars. When Thrawn than- shows up, we'll see. Who? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Thrawn shows up. We're gonna. We're, we're, yeah, that's. Here's my thing. I really like the Balon guy. I do, and he's dead. And he's dead. The actor died. Ray Richardson. R.I.P. R.I.P. We're lots losing of, everybody of, right now. Good thing they didn't cast Bob Barker either, because he'd be out too. He'd make a great Tarkin. He would have. In our moment of triumph, <laughs> <laughs> we're so close to going a dollar without going over. Like a Plinko thing comes bumping down the Death Star, and it just blows up. Uh, have have you your pet spayed and neutered? <laughs> just- I've, I, I've, I. Do you, ha- do you have your pet spayed or neutered? Real? Yes, of course. Okay. You do, You have like eighteen cats. I know you don't know about neutering. I know we got them like fixed. Yeah, you don't know. Then why do you have eighteen cats by choice? They just come, man. And we don't. They're got- not neutered. Go ahead. Uh, uh, what were we talking? Oh, that's okay. It's okay. It's Sabine Wren. Don't know her. She, she was, seems okay. She's in the cartoon. I know that. She's a Mandalorian. Because I've done some research since then. I she's like a Mandalorian. Her, I like her blue hair. I, I, I like, so, I mean, I, re- yes, but I don't know, like, they're doing all this, oh, all this back talk, and I don't know what, she's what are y'all the, talking about. She's one of the few blue haired women that I like. I've had three poor interactions with blue haired women at Starbucks, which have yelled at me. Not the same woman. 
It wasn't Sabine. It was not oh, Sabine. That's good. That's good. Just uh, I, I, Rosario Dawson, I have liked in other roles. I know she's playing Ahsoka, and I don't know if she's doing like the Jedi have no emotions thing, but that's what I'm getting. Here's what I don't like about the Ahsoka in the cartoon, which the kids, my kids loved. Uh huh. She, Ahsoka became like my daughter's favorite character of all time. Well, I, watched, I liked Ahsoka. I wa- I'm watching. I've watched the first season, and she's like. She's very young, she's so annoying. she's like, yeah, she's a rambunctious kid. If you ever want to watch something very interesting. But she's very lively, as you, opposed to this very dull. If you ever want to watch something very interesting, there's actually a YouTube channel that does a breakdown of the Cologne Wars, Wars. And one of the things that he does was how they fixed. They actually realized that they had taken Ahsoka and Clone Wars and had gotten off track. And in three episodes, fixed her character. So that she would be more likable to the audience because they had done like some sort of survey and realized that she was just being the annoying little Star Wars kid and they didn't want her to do that. And they changed it. And she went from being the annoying sidekick to Anakin Mm -hmm. to like the center, not not the main character, but, but a fan favorite. A leader. A fan favorite. And like they did this in three episodes and they break it down how Dave Filoni, who's he's a genius. Well, when it comes to directing Star Wars. Uh, live action, we have yet to say. In live action, I think he's really, I think that he's got Disney breathing down his neck. Um, so, Ahsoka, I'm watching the Star Wars Essential Ahsoka episodes. Correct. And it's like, but they're doing lots of big skips. You go from like season one to season three. Yeah, big ones. So, I'm doing Reddit and they're like, no, no, you need to watch season one, this, season one, this, season one, this, season one, this. I'm like, okay, so I tend to go by the end. Like, I watched this Reddit one and the, who's the mean, like, bald headed sp- Sith lady? Oh, I'm But sorry. apparently she makes a turn. Uh, Van- Spoiler uh, alert. Van- Evangelist. Evangelist. Uh, I'll keep going because my LL. Anyway, there's an episode with her. Where's Jack when you need <laughs> Daddy. Vestress. There you go. Oh, Ventress? Ventress. Ventress. Oh, So, Vestress. like, I watched this episode where she's, like, straight up trying to kill her and this other Jedi master. She's, yeah. But then apparently she does a t- makes a turn. Sort of, kind of. More or less. So I was like, wow, that's pretty good. I'd like to see that. There's a lot of neat when they bring back Darth Maul. Oh, I'd like to see that. I think that those are good. in these essential episodes. D- Darth Maul's return is something that I, I would have would have spun as a gimmick. This was a kid's show. Yeah. And this was way <laughs> more intense. There's there's episodes right. of the Clone Wars where I'm like, like, this is way better it's like than this what was it made should for kids? be. And I mean, it's it gets good. It is some qual- and what the quality writing about it is is that they will do two or three episodes of these little thirty minute episodes of one thing, like an arc, and they'll do this arc. Mm-hmm. And it's it upsets me when cartoons can do a better arc in regards to writing and character yes. than live action. It's can. frustrating, and I'm like, what? Ha- what? Are- who is writing this? <laughs> and you did Boba Fett and had this goofy Vespa bike gang? What are you doing? Anyways, get me off this topic, please, because this is not. Okay, Blazon. Oh, 25th century game. <laughs> yeah, so, Bla- uh, let me, let me, and I wanted to use this as a topic for contrast because we ahead. played, bl- thank you for your permission. Uh, we used Blazon, which we had both. Me and Enrique played it back in November. We wanted to give it another chance with Gabi. It fell flat once again. 
we turned around and played another 25th century game, Raw, which I forgot that we had played because I keep getting it confused with Amon Re. Amon Ra. Amon Re. I don't know how you say that actually. But it's another of the exact same Egyptian game style. It's a Reiner Knizia game. Raw is. I don't know what Amon Ray is. It's a TMG game. I don't think it's... Is it Reiner? Pick it up. Probably not. Okay. Pick it up with your girl hands. Um, no, they're baby man hands. He baby man hands. Either way, Raw, which was done Pierre O'Toole art, Reiner Knizia game, an amazing bidding game. I like I, I like Reiner does bidding. Like the man has it lined out. Who is the? And it makes you think like how many different ways can one do bidding? But he keeps finding new. It is Reiner Canizia. Okay, so I have never yeah, played Amon 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 sure. Because I'm saying Amon Ray, and I don't know if that's right. We'll do it either way. I love the fact that we have to do Canizia's bidding. He's got it figured out. He does. Raw with 25th Century Games was a huge production. I love this production of of Raw. It's beautiful. It's amazing. I love this game. It's very simple bidding where you have these four tokens that are various prices from 1 to 16. Three-player games, this goes to 13. And you're bidding on these tiles that you're pulling out of the bag, and they all represent various things that are being added into your little Egyptian kingdom, whether they be pharaohs or artisans and and rivers and floods and things of that nature, and they just multiply. So it's basically set collection with bidding. Yes. And it's a smart bidding because you bid one time and it goes to the next person and that's it. You have to be efficient with your bidding because per round you can bid up. you, You have four chances. And it breaks the mold of there's going to be some person at the end who's just pushing their luck, pulling tiles out of the bag, yes. getting as many tiles as they can. And that's kind of the reward for outlasting everybody else. Yes. Plus you're also bidding for the, uh, the last bidding tile that got placed out there because you didn't collect it and exchange it with the tile that you won that bid with. I, I love raw. It's an amazing <clears throat> game. And I think the, the topic that I want to bring up is like Blazon, which to me was very basic. It didn't, it didn't do anything. It did everything it did was very basic and it just didn't feel like I was doing anything. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. You're okay. just, yes. so and the decisions were not that yeah, difficult. The, the decisions, exactly. The decisions were not that particularly difficult with Iki. Am I saying that right from last episode? Yeah, sure. Iki. There was tons of time which we were all apologizing for the AP that we were just sitting there saying, I'm trying to figure out what I need to do. That game gave me pause. Raw is the same way when I'm trying to figure out, do I want to make this bid or not? Because that's the only decision you have to make. Am I going to bid or am I not? Am I going to bid or am I not? Very simple. And I love the fact that Raw is a such very simple game. But both Blazon and Raw are both very abstract in what you're doing. Raw is about Egyptians. Nothing seems Egyptian but the artwork. Do Egyptians bid with scarabs and all that stuff? No. Mm-hmm. It's very abstract. The artwork and everything about it is just added on. It's just the bidding and bidding on tiles. So Yeah, it's not thematic per se. It's just the artwork. Blazon is where you're actually trying to build out the shield showing about the what do you say? The hereditary you said Heraldry. Heraldry. Blazon is which okay, I, I, sounds yeah, we, like okay. a bunch of guys named Harold <laughs> getting together. <laughs> it's a bunch of heraldry. 
Blazon is boring in every way. Boy, you're coming out strong. Remember your Even space the, explorers every review. I know. I'm sorry, Chad. You you got some hits. You got some misses. I love Jurassic Park. <clears throat> and my wife right. loved Jurassic Park. And that, that's what I'm saying. I'm not a, a publisher distributor is just the fact is you're going to put out some stuff that I, and I'm, I'm there's got to be people that like Blazon. And my kids love chicken chicken dinner winner winner dinner. <laughs> Chicken dinner, winner, 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 chicken dinner, <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. It has I'm sure. Old rubber chicken in it. I like all the 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 king in the forest, whatever that one was called. Where you go in the, another Rondale, another one, another one. <laughs> <laughs> That's another one I like. That's uh, Kings uh, Kingswood. The one where you're going Kingswood. down the the Nile. That's not the name of the game. I'm blanking. Kingswood. No, it's Kingswood. I love that game. That's a good one. My kids love that game. I love that game as well. I love that game. There's the other Egyptian game. Where you're going down the Nile. Another Reiner game. And you're collecting all these things. I am blanking on it. And but, we actually played that with yeah, Chad. Yeah. And we played that with Game Board Barrage Dude. Yeah. The, what's his name? The tank. The red one. What's his name? Keenan? Kelvin. Kel- Kelvin. Kellen. Kellen. Lake Er. Kellen. Kellen Laker, who who you keep inviting on the show, but he doesn't. He, his, here's your thing. His brother keeps dying or something. He, he doesn't like you. His brother keeps moving. He wants us to be on the show with just with me because me and Kellen are one. I don't know. And who's the one I like? Mark. Love Mark. Who's the other one? Neilan. Can we have Neilan on? Sure. I would I love know. to have Neilan on. We uh, they may not like us. No, Mark does. Mark does. I think Neilan. Neilan, I don't know. The, I've never talked to him. Kevin Neilan. Kevin Neilan might like us. It's SNL. Hans and Franz. Do you remember? Kevin? I you up. That's a reference I get, and I love that. I was watching some old SNL references, and I watched- You were just watching the references? I did. I watched- So you're old- watching other people make references yes, to SNL? because they were like, be- people going, do you remember this skit? Uh-huh. And that oh. there is something that active. There's a thing. When I bring up something, and you remember it, mm-hmm. like I said, do you remember- Down that? by the river. And you're like, I remember that too. Uh-huh. It, it automatically endears you to that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was if a- they reference something. Yes. Like. There's a skit that was done with Adam Sandler, and it is, it's an infomercial of Adam Sandler going, I'll, I'll watch your house for you. I'll house sit your house. And he's just sitting there doing like his fey opera man impression of, of, a, of like he's a teenager saying, I will want to watch your house for I you. I think you mean foe. No, I said Faye. I mean like Tina. Tina Faye, <laughs> SNL. I'm trying, to make, I'm trying to make a oh, pun. I got you. I'm so deep here. Sometimes oh, yeah, you, you can't I follow me. Even, I, got I go you. dive so deep sometimes <laughs> and my puns fly over your head. That's okay. But after he talks for a little bit, then Chris Farley's standing next to him and it's like his dad. And he's like, why won't you just let the boy sleep in your bed and watch your house? And it's like, it's I love that skit. It's so stupid. But there's something about when somebody else... Remember something mm-hmm. that you also remember immediately. Yeah, you're, you're like it's the same thing that when you play a game, I like a weird <laughs> offshoot game, and somebody else automatically remembers it and likes it as well. If you like Blazon and you find somebody else that likes Blazon, we probably hate your guts. Hold on to them for dear life. Yes, because, because they're few and far between. But here's the thing: I like. I really. Want, you know what this reminded me I of in a to bad like way. This game so much. You remember that horrible game I bought? It was called Compound. Yeah. And it was like about all these elements, these scientific elements. And it was kind of the same. You're just putting these square cards on a board. Yeah. And you're supposed to like 
make a pattern. I don't even remember. It was a bad game. Yeah. But it had received quite a bit of talking, and I was like, okay. And then Blazon is like, I don't know. I've seen the name everywhere. The box looks cool. It's got Eno tool art. It's not a It's good a great game. production, but it's very simple. And I think what happened and is- And the card stock is horrendous. They're paper thin. The They're paper- I bit one. It fell on the floor. I couldn't grab it with my fingernails because I was- it was a hard, flat floor, and I bit the car just picking it up, nearly in two. I know you don't like hardwood floors. Maybe that was the problem. Uh, maybe so. Either way, I know you don't like Blazon. Enrique didn't like Blazon. I was kind of middle of the road about it. And it really bothered me because I almost kick-started this game when it came out, and I desperately wanted to like it because of the theme. The theme is you're building one of those shields. I love heraldry. I do, too. I'm Irish. 75% you according should. to 23 and me. I thought Scots were the ones that had all the... I don't know, because I'm actually American, and I don't know anything about the Scottish history. shield. Like the, you have your like shield. When like, Scotty was, your, like when Scotty was saying... Shield. Like, shield, shield, shield Captain. Captain. <laughs> Is that what he was doing? The, the lithium crystals. I can't give it anymore, Captain. I, what irritates me about Scotty is that he's always saying I can't do it anymore, and then he does. <laughs> so it's like he said because Kirk knows he's got it in him. Kirk, Kirk's like, "We need this done." Look, got, Scotty, I know you don't want to. You've got You're three tired. minutes. He's like, "I can't do it." He's like, "Wants to take a lunch break," and he's like, "I can't. I can't do it." But Kirk's like, "Wrong on a knife. You down? All right, fine. I saved us all." Here's the thing that upset me. And they phased out the lithium crystals in Strange New Worlds. They're like, "Oh, actually." They were using another power source. Yeah. But realized it was sentient. Helium. Sentient. Here's the thing that upset me. And I need to voice this. I've never said this. Okay. Undiscovered Country. Christopher Plummer. Just watched it again. Please do. Every freaking day watch that <laughs> show. Just watched it again. Because Worf is his lawyer. Shakespeare, Shakespeare the, the original Shakespeare. <laughs> I'll quote Shakespeare, too. Have you heard Shakespeare and Klingon? I have That's a Shakespeare sonnet that I absolutely love. That I listen to Ray Fiennes read every day. Just about. Because I love it so much. I'll read it to you here in a moment. Either way. In that scene where Christopher Plummer's let loose the dogs of war. And he's spinning around in his chair. Mm -hmm. And they're shooting from this cloaked Klingon uh -huh. bird of prey. circling around. Yeah. So, searching so for him. they need to have a torpedo that will find him. They need to work on this torpedo. Here's what upsets me about this. The history of Star Trek has always been, you need something engineered, Scotty. But in this moment, when they are dying, they're getting ate up by this cloaked ship. Spock is like, hey, McCoy, let's go do some surgery on this torpedo. Spock and Bones go and work on this torpedo. And a doctor and Spock. They're not engineers. They're not qualified no. to mess with this. They stole Scotty's glory. They literally left their job and went down. There's people dying in the med bay. And he's like, let's go look at this. Are there not other qualified people to do this? And here's what? here it is. No, wait. They fixed this torpedo and they fire it off. And it works. Yeah. You know, Scotty's probably sitting there going, what? 
what? What? And you know what also irritates me? Go ahead. Is apparently they didn't give that knowledge to the next generation. They said nothing about <laughs> because, because cloaked ships were still a real hassle of the and, next generation. Like, know. oh, we can't see them. And we're like, uh, they fixed that like a hundred years ago. And then Christopher Plummer to be or not to be, and yes. then it hits him and he blows up. Yes. You could have just yelled eject. <laughs> like something happened. Somebody. Anyways, they then go down, if you remember, to save the president. The president at the time, who's about to be sniped by a pseudo Klingon. So Kirk and this away team, the only away team you ever see in Star Trek, the old school, it's always just been Bones, Scott. Kirk and a guy in the red shirt who dies. They beam down with like 15 people to protect the president. And they look around and there's a stairwell that's like maybe where the sniper is. And you know what Kirk does? He turns and says, Scotty, go. He sends Scotty to go investigate where a sniper might be and then proceeds to run towards the president with everybody else. Kirk then does this weird dive stops the president from being shot and then completely forgets about the fact that they just got sniped at and then proceeds to give a speech mm-hmm. while the sniper's setting up for another shot. United the Federation. And then what happens? The door gets kicked in. And who it is? It's Scotty. Out of breath because yeah. he's 100 pounds overweight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's wearing a sweater vest. Oh, they're tough. He doesn't even wear a uniform anymore. No. He jumps in, no falls slaves. down, and shoots the guy. Falls out the window. Falls out the window. And they're like, oh, take his mask off. Because that's what you do. You check people. And then the Admiral's like, oh, yeah. And they're like, no, not you, Admiral. You're part of this. That's part of it. But Scotty ran up the stairs. We didn't see him run. He did it. I think there was an escalator. He did it. (laughs) But do you think he could have sent a security guard, a young buck that was with him to say. Literally anybody could have ran up those stairs. Four guys. He sent purposely, and you know why? Because he knew he was going to shoot him. No, no. You're forgetting the fact that he had just gypped him so much. Uh, Why would Scotty ever be on an away team? (laughs) Ever. Why when you're beaming down to say the president? Because he knew he did him wrong. He did him wrong. He knew he did him wrong. He felt bad. So there was a moment, there's a deleted scene that we don't see where where Kirk's like, everybody get to transporter room three. Because they never use one. They never use two. They always use three. And they run down there, and it's like the security team, Bones, Spock, who my boy's at. And it's like, okay, get get Scotty to come with. What was Scotty doing? What is Scotty doing in that weird little vest that he wears, that sweater That vest? was a hot vest in six. And he shows up. We're like, we got a new uniform for this one. We got to show it off. Lock and load, boys. You know what cracked me up is like after the big dinner they had with the Klingons, Bones was like, oh, I'm glad that's over with. Time to relax. He like peels that peels lapel that off, off. And the whole thing is still completely wrapped around his body. But it was like those snap shirts of the, like the cowboys wear. Yeah. He like just, I'm like, is that more relaxed? And then Jim Kirk goes to bed in full uniform. I would. I'm like, how? Wow. Is that relaxing? So that you can it jump can't up. Be. Oh, yeah, because he goes to bed and immediately has to get out of bed. I guess maybe you just go to bed that way in Starfleet because you got to be ready for action. You just got to know. You just got to know. That movie. I saw that movie. That come out in, what, 92? When was that? Uh, It was 99. It was super early 90s. Undiscovered Country. 
we're not talking about. 91. You were so close. <laughs> right all around. I seemed close. So I almost pushed back against that. It seemed too late. No, because I remember watching that. Me and my mom, I, we have, I've just probably discussed this before. Huge fans loved it. It was funny. It was perfect. It was like the perfect movie to end on. It had the humor. It had a little more action. And they were real proud. I remember getting, I believe it was a Fangoria magazine, that they were real proud of their floating blood effects. That was amazing. At that point in time, they were real proud of those effects when the the troopers come in and they had those magnetic boots and they shot the Klingons and the blood's just floating. And it's so CGI. But back in 1991, that was one of the coolest things I had seen. Oh, that was it. Yeah, that was that was the end of it. Yeah. Was that pre-T2? Because yeah. T2 did a lot of like T2, a lot of let's see, Terminator 2... Let's it was see. right around then. It was 90, 91, 92. 91, July the 3rd, same year. So they were right so there. So they had the same They were effects. right on that. They were yeah. right on that. I just remember that. I remember reading a magazine talking about the blood floating, the anti-gravity Do blood effects. you know how, how pleased they were? <laughs> the CGI guys when they were doing that. And it, and it made it. It's like, it had this weird noise when they were shot. So Nicholas Meyer was the director, and he did- Wrath of Khan, the second one. He didn't do the third one, but then he did that one. So mm-hmm. he was the director for that. And man. All the even ones were his. Yeah, that's super weird. But yeah, man. Anyways, that's my rant about. Well, why am I ranting about this? I think I'm ranting about this because 25th Century Games, which makes great games that we'd certainly love. And then there's other games Does that we Star don't Trek like. Does Star take place in the 25th century? That would be amazing. <laughs> It does. Is it the 25th? I don't know. Buck Rogers in the 25th century? It might be. Look that up. But every... I don't... I think we need to sit down one day and go, which company has the hits that we've consistently liked? I think TMG has had some hit and misses, but TMG is defunct. I think TMG used to be the company that had the games that we've had the most love for. Spielworks has done some great ones. Uh, Pegasus Spiel... Also, 25th Century Games has always been a big winner for us, I think, in terms of a lot of them. Uh, of course, Fantasy Flight, Z-Man. I'm looking around. We have, well, through the years. Cranio. Cranio has always been a big hit for We us. liked a lot of TMG when they were. TMG was, was it for a long time. Fantasy Flight was I mean, it. I'm looking at Gold West. We've got Orleans, which you're not crazy about, but I, I like that. Uh, I mean, we've had, uh, there's several, um, oh, my God. TMG. Taka, Yaka, Yokohama. TMG. Was Homest- Tasty Minstrel. Homesteaders is TMG, which I don't like Homesteaders. We, Ponzi Scheme is TMG. Gold West is TMG. Star Trek is primarily set in the future, ranging from the mid 22nd century to the late 24th century. Star Trek Picard. Uh, so, yeah. But there's several uh, Osprey games that comes to mind, too. But there's several publishers that we tend to oh, stick Osprey to. Osprey is really good. But 25th century games has always been one that we've always enjoyed. But yet. You always come hard on those reviews. You expect I'm sorry. More. Well, it's just here's the thing, and I've said Chad picks like this midweight game, light to midweight, that are always usually, usually with blazing and space explorers, almost always really good. Jurassic Parts, they're just good. Kingswood, like that. Uh, the other one I just mentioned, the Raw. The other Egyptian style game with the Nile, 
Those, those are all really good, and I like them. And 25th Century Games has a good success record, and they're constantly, they're always, something's always in the works there. They're an exciting publisher, I would say. Volum, vol, I never can say this. Volumino, Volumino. That's Both a card them. game that my kids absolutely love that's about racing bikes. Volumino? Volumino. Volumino. I love that game. It's a great game. Uh, they also did that uh, Koi Fish game. You played that? Uh, Kohaku. Kohaku. And let's see. There's tons of games. Oh, Tiwa. Tachim. I can never say his name. <laughs> Tootin Common. Tootin Common. Yes. We played that. We love to- Tootin That's Common. That's the one I've been talking about. Tootin Common. There you go. Racing on the there line, you go. basically. Uh, Curmudgeon. We played that. Resist is also a 25th century game. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's a really good one. Kingswood. We love that. Uh, Chicken Dinner. Oh, uh, let's see. Oh, Cloud Control wasn't bad. That shape building thing. That was another that one. Me and the kids played it. The kids liked it. Uh, he does kind of, he has several that skew young. Right. But I think it was interesting that the uh, Eamon Raw, not Raw, uh, Raw tends to be the game that, like, that was the big Kickstarter that went great. Raw is, le- okay, here's, okay, first of all, I like the fact that you have four tiles. So with Raw, Raw has been talked about a lot, but I like that. Every person has these four bids they can make and you can time it to where you're the last person to bid and you can just fill the whole thing up and hope that you don't get a bunch of raws and the game ends or the round ends, or you don't have a bunch of penalties and you can just bid your lowest number. Or mm-hmm. if you know you have the highest number, you can start around and just know I'm going to get this because all the highest numbers are visible. You know what your bid highest bid can be. There's so much strategy in this bidding game, which Oftentimes, bidding games don't lend towards, but in this one, there is the, uh, what do they call that, deterministic bidding, mm-hmm. because everyone's bids are visible to each other. The most I can bid is this. The most he can bid is that. Is this worth my highest bid? I don't know. Maybe I'll start out low, but you only have one chance to bid. It doesn't go round and round. That's also very interesting. And then there's the whole aspect of, a big strategy part of this game is, which I messed up on, not blowing all these rather high-numbered bids you have and replacing them with a bunch of low. I had a one, two, three, and eight in one round because I did not pay attention to the bids I was receiving from my bid. So there's a bid on the board. Uh, the num- I, I don't know how to describe this. And I'm not doing a good job at it. No, you're but not, when but you, it's okay. But when you bid, your bid replaces the bid on the board. And then you get the bid on the board. So if there's a 13 on the board and I bid a 8 and I win, well, then the 8 replaces the 13. I get the 13. Vice versa, if I bid a 13 and there's a 1, which I did, I'm replacing my 13 bid with a 1, which is garbage. I shouldn't have done that. I completely screwed myself in my third and fourth rounds or whatever third yeah, round you did. because I had nothing. I had to, literally, I had the one, the two and the three and the eight. Yeah. Nothing but garbage bids. Garbage. So there's a lot of strategy in knowing the number on the board that you're going to get in replacement of there that is, bid. Which factors into the bids. Which was- I just find Reiner's variability in creating these interesting bidding mechanisms fascinating you got high society you got modern art you got raw and they all do a different completely different style of bidding i've got the new modern art rendition not that 
the not the edition, the classic art. It's the new game that just came out. Let me find it here. So I and I am I'm glad I brought this up because <laughs> I'm very upset. No one's, no one's more glad than you. Simon Classic Art. Uh-huh. That game. It's classic art. It um has uh it's a Reiner Knizia game. It's basically a new clet I'll read it. It's the first release as members only players attempt to protect in classic art. It was first released as a game called Members Only. Players attempt to predict how many works of art will be present in the five expeditions. The riskier your predictions in a season, the more you score, but only if you're correct. So that's it's 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 a play on modern art. So I got this game from a friendly local board game in uh, Madness. Bought it, got it home, opened it up. There is no rule book in it. I have never bought a game. That there was no rule book. I then sent a email going, there's no rule book. Like, what's the deal? And they said, take that up with your local friendly board game shop. It's not our problem. I'm not pleased about that at all. At all. Because the sheer fact is... You that- emailed the publisher and they said that? Yes. Yes. And they're saying that's... So as, who shipped it to the publisher? Was it still in shrink wrap? It's, it's, it's brand new. I mean, it seems like that would be the distributor issue. Correct. So the way that C, that's uh, I'm, this is Simon, but I don't know if Asmodee had this policy a few years back that was very very controversial. Well, they said that they were not going to be sending out replacement parts anymore, no. or anything like that, and that if you had something that was missing, you just take it back to the, the store and swap it out. So Simon basically did the same thing. I live 150 miles away from this friendly, <laughs> not so local board game shop. I'm not driving back to take a game back to say, "Hey, there's no rule book in this." I'll just download the PDF from somewhere, obviously. Mm-hmm. But that still makes me very, I very think it should be angry because I am a rule book person. I like the paper. I like to sit and have it and look at it, not on my phone. Anyways. I'm bringing that up because a lot of 25th century games has this nice little thing on all their rule books that has the little... Oh, yeah. The, the, the quality of it is always very clear. It's got a nice feel. They always have a nice feel about it. I like the fact that there's... I think that there's smaller publishers like 25th century games and like various other ones that come to mind, kind of like Spielworks and things of that nature, that even TMG was a much smaller publisher that had big name games. Too small. Went out of business. Yeah. But when you had problems, you could get a hold of them and they would fix it. And now we've moved into this transition of like this Walmart style thing with Simon and Asthma Day, whereas if you have a problem, just take it back to the store. Don't worry. We're not worried about it. Just take it back. Well, that's not always an option. And so, anyways. That's something that I don't like. That I see some of the board game things coming in, and I don't, I don't know if I like it. I don't like it, and I'm telling you because I don't like it. I don't like it. It's fine. Rigue. Yes. Turn his mic back on, please. Okay. Tell me what you thought of Raw. I like Raw, Re- even though I'm not very particularly great. At- you want it. You like, sucker. Which is weird. It. I'm not great at bidding games. You are weird. You this is not this is a pseudo bidding game. This is kinda like it's not management. Cool. Okay, yeah. It's not but still bidding games Price in management. general I've always been terrible at. And you it's surprisingly been. good. Good for you. For me anyways, because I'm always 
I'm always bad. For you. He's for slowly me. learning the amount, the value of money. You didn't so, understand money. Now you do. I remember less. playing a choir with him back in the day. They have oh, a new no. edition of that coming out. Another one. Another one. I think they do. I think they do. Get in. Because they we'll just come out with one not that long ago that you had. We played with Enrique. Pretty sure they just released it. I say not that long ago. It's probably like, seven years ago at this oh point. Oh, God. A choir. But Enrique did not understand the value of money when we played that game. I understood how to hold money. Renegade Studios has brought out another edition of Equire. Equire, which was originally from 1964. That's a good game. It's an excellent game, by the way. Uh, I have not got to find the... uh, But yeah, that edition... Brand new. Mm. It looks pretty cool. Interesting. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this. That's the second long episode we've done. We've been going long. That's for our Patreoners. They appreciate that. They like them long. (laughs) They like these episodes exciting. And that's us. Long and exciting episodes. I'm kind of doing all right for the. You you always make it about you, Enrique. You hiccuped. He always wants a rating. I I think I did pretty good. I thought I did decent. What do you fellows think? Well, I mean, you, minus the hiccups in the did, last episode. Did, uh, you're here. Like, you you're I got to get a review from you guys so I can... You there have, were a couple of hiccups from you, but I think we did okay. You have <laughs> never carried an episode. You've never listened Obviously. to an episode, so you don't know. For all you know, we're not even published. How can you this. carry what you do not know? How do you even believe in yourself when you don't know yourself? I didn't do you re- believe in yourself? I do guess. you know yourself? I know myself a you little did? bit. Just a little bit. Oh, no. I don't know. Because last episode, you said I couldn't even see my own body. I'm like, just turn your head down. You use mirrors? Oh, you mean when I was like, oh, that was yeah. like during like my you were workout. You like, felt like you were unfamiliar with yourself. Oh, no. Physically. I, was, I forgot that I said I was going to read a Shakespeare sonnet during that Star Trek. All right, go you ahead. Did? We can go out on your sonnet. Okay. This is by William Shakespeare. Shakespeare. <laughs> Shakespeare. This is the sonnet number one twenty nine. Oh, the expense of spirit in waste of shame. Is the title is lust in action, Ooh. and till action, lust is perjured, murderous, bloody, full of blame, savage, extreme, rude, cruel, not to trust. Enjoyed no sooner, but despised straight, past reason hunted, and no sooner had, past reason hated, as a swallowed bait, on purpose laid, to make the taker mad. Mad in pursuit, and in possession so, had, having, and in quest to have, extreme, a bliss in proof, and proved a very woe. Before a joy purposed behind a dream. All this the world well knows, yet none know well to sun to shun the heaven that leads men to this hell. It's my favorite song. I don't understand what you just said. It's about oh well it's reason because you have to listen to each and every word. It's about the expense of spirit. Like you're expending yourself, the expense of spirit in a waste of shame. You're exerting yourself for no reason. It's a waste. It's a shame. In lust, 
like you're lusting after an action until action. Lust is perjured. It talks about the actions of such. How it's murderous, it's bloody, it's full of blame, savage, rude, no sooner despised, past reason hunted, so forth. Mad in pursuit, like you're after something, and then when you get it, you're still not satisfied. Mm-hmm. Thus, okay. again, the, my favorite line. So, mad in pursuit and possession, so, had having and in quest to have. Extreme. A blist in proof and proved a very woe. So, it's like it's you finally get it, you don't like it. Before I jo- joy purpose. All this the world well knows, yet none knows well to shun the heaven that leads men to this hell. So it's like you're pursuing something to an extent that you think when you get there, you'll finally be satisfied, but you're not. Everybody knows that seeking wealth and fame and all that, but once you finally have it, you're pursuing the heaven that leads you to this hell. That's what it is. So you have to think about it. That's what I like about it. Anyways, that's why I like Christopher Plummer. That's why he was the, probably, I think he was the best Klingon <laughs> next to Christ, next to, and may I bring out next to Christopher Lloyd that when they stole his bird of prey they then went back in time get over that Doc Brown the Klingon's bird of prey they took went back in time and saved the whales that lead men I forgot <laughs> there you go this is Jerry this is Gabby. This is- Thank you for tolerating this episode of the Board Game Snobs. Stay classy.